Hi folks, welcome to the Arabian Horse Connection, the official podcast of the Arabian Horse Association. Tune in every other week as we discuss industry trends, news, and all things Arabian horses. We are here to honor the versatility, heritage, and future of the Arabian horse, connecting you to this legendary breed. I'm your host, Katie Feitner. Join me as we delve into the world of Arabian horses. Today I sit down and chat with Crystal McNutt of McNutt Performance Horses. Crystal is inspiring, motivating, and just an awesome person to have in the equine community. She's an active competitor and member of NRHA, ARHA, AHA, and AQHA, and has earned multiple top tens and national titles throughout her career. In addition, she has been named Working Western Trainer of the Year five times, and in 2011 earned the title Horsewoman of the Year. Crystal was also an alternate at the World Equestrian Games in 2006 and is currently working on qualifying for the prestigious The Run for the Million competition. She owns and operates McNutt Performance Horses, where she trains and coaches non-pro and youth riders for success in the show ring. Today we chat about all things reigning while Crystal provides valuable insights about competing and riding Arabians. Welcome to Crystal. Well, thank you so much for... um... (laughs) <laughs> on our podcast. I really, really, really appreciate it. I've been really yeah, excited no to chat with you. Well, thank uh, you for including me. Oh, of course. Yeah. So as um, kind of a first introductory question um, for our listeners that don't know, could you just tell us a little bit about um, yourself and what your career is in the equine industry? Sure. Um, I have been riding, I've been riding horses uh, since I was three years old. I started with um Riding lessons uh, with an Arabian trainer. I think my parents were pretty sure I was going to kill myself, so um, they they got me riding with a, a Arabian trainer, and that's that's really how I got started. So at five, I went to the nationals, uh, was top ten in the stock seat equitation, um, so that would have been seventeen and under. Um, and then I just I just evolved, rode as a youth rider, and really re- I really liked the working western that was just something I really really liked uh, and I did a lot of equitation that was just what we did back then I guess you should say so um, we did the equitation so I had the, the stock seat equitation and then um, when I graduated high school I kind of I went to school but I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do and I kind of thought you know what I just I think I want to be a horse trainer I, I've been riding for so long and been riding, been starting most of my, a lot of my own horses. And I'd had such an opportunity to ride with such amazing people as a youth rider. Um, I mean, so many, uh, like my dad says, I have a million dollar education in, in horses, just because who I was able to ride with. Um, so I moved out to Arizona when I was uh, 19 and I've been out there, out here since, and, um, just really focused on reigning. And I'm very, very lucky. Um, that I've been able to just do the reining. Um, and I've dabbled with the cow horse a little bit, but I'm not very good at that, <laughs> but, but I've been really lucky to, to do the reining and, and really be able to focus. And, and it's kind of cool because I can take my Arabs and, and go back and forth a little bit with NRHA, but then I've also can, you know, dabble in the quarter horses a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Nice. So now you have, you train and also do you um, give lessons to amateurs and things like that? I do. do you I, like- my barn is mostly composed, mostly um, amateurs, non-pros, um, and everything I start uh, reining horses, everything I do um, will end up probably having an amateur that rides it. So mm-hmm. um, I have a really strong um, non-pro base, which is great because that's that's what 
definitely keeps us going and Mm -hmm. buys horses, sells horses, all that good stuff. So. Yeah, I can imagine. That's really cool. It sounds like your horses are really diverse. They can handle different types of riders too. Yeah, you know, we really try to do that to where, you know, we can build them and make them for these people and and, um, have a good time doing it. But um, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. That's awesome. So reining is, um, I feel like traditionally a pretty heavy stock horse type discipline. So I really want to know what, um, what has caused you to stay with the Arabian breed um, and involve them with reining? How do they differentiate from, you know, your regular quarter horse? You know, there's not, they're just, I love the Arabian breed. I, I grew up in it. I, I love it. And um, it's where I make a living. You know, I've, I've been very lucky to have this niche that I um, have been able to, I guess, I don't know, cultivate something in the in the Arab industry. Um, it is, you know, the, there's nothing really, they're just not as strong as a pure quarter horse. That's, that's what the big difference is. But, you know, they've bred them a lot stronger. They've bred more for reigning. They're not now horses that were bred to do something else that are just getting thrown in the raining because they weren't Western or Hunter or, or whatever. Um, so for me, I, I think it's, it's just taking these horses and, and, and making sure they're built to do it and have the mind to do it. Um, but we also, you know, with ranch riding and all that stuff now, if they are not a number one open reining horse, we can always put them in a non pro the rookie, you know, cause we have all these categories now. So it's really, it's really been great because even the air breed is evolving and figuring out how, you know, these different categories that the reining has. And so we can, you know, you don't have these same people always, you, you know, it's not just the same people we can get new people in cause there's different levels. So that, that's really mm-hmm. good for horse and rider. Do you notice any um, training differences in Arabian versus um, quarter horse, quarter horses? You know, I think the thing with an Arab is they, they are just um, a little more sensitive um, Mm -hmm. and they, um, they're very smart. So they, and not to say quarter horse are dumb, that's not Mm -hmm. that at all, but um, an Arabian is very smart and they, they are just really sensitive horses and they, they don't really want to do wrong. Um, but, you know, you look at these great guys that have, have been training Arabians. You know, we have Andrea Fapani has won $5 million, mm-hmm. Craig Schmersel, won Howard millions of dollars. And they're riding Arabs here or there. And so it just shows that, you know what, they they can do it. They, there's just not enough money in it for them to do a lot of them. Gotcha. That makes sense. I've always, a few of my family members have um, come across Arabians. And I've come across Arabians in my, in my past with horses as well. And I feel like there is such a difference with, um, like you said, how sensitive they are. And how quickly they pick up on things that maybe um, like my quarter horses wouldn't necessarily pick up on right away. They're yeah, pretty cool in that respect. Yeah. And they're very personable horses. So, you know, you got to be able to handle that a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, I always say yeah, they're kind of emotional, which is fine. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> just how you have to kind of, kind of be with them. But, you know, like when I walked in the barn today and I mean, they're winning and everybody's talking to me and it's not because I feed, it's because they're like ready mm-hmm. to, do something. So I really try to have a good relationship with my horses. I try to be very fair. Um, and like mm-hmm. I said, you know, not all of them make it for me, but then I just, um, we make them an amateur horse or, you know, I've got a couple assistants, three assistants mm-hmm. and, you know, they ride, they spend time on them. So, you know, mm-hmm. we just, the, the non-pro is definitely, um, my bread and butter, I should say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, I kind of want to talk a little about, a little bit about your career as a horsewoman. Um, so I kind of want to know 
what really inspires you every day to get up and train reining horses? Um, and what's inspired you throughout your career? You know, I'm a little bit weird. I am, I, I love horses. Like I'm the horse crazy kid. That, that is me. Um, my body isn't quite as crazy about it as it used to be, but, um, but it's okay. Um, you know, and I love learning. Like I'm, I love to go places and learn. And some of the best advice I've ever gotten was, you know, don't be afraid to make a mistake. That's the only way you're going to get better. Mm -hmm. And so I take that to heart every day and I'm like, listen, and I tell my help, I tell my amateurs, you're only going to get better by making mistakes. So don't be afraid to do it. But I, I just, I love to coach. Um, mm -hmm. I love to ride. I, I love to get help. I, I will take anything and go get help just, mm -hmm. just for the experience, you know, and I always tell people, I'm like, I just, I, I just want to learn. So mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm really lucky that, um, I, you know, 99% of the people you call and ask for help, they will help you. So mm -hmm. that's really cool. And I do find that, um, and it's really hard uh, to do that, but I think um, me doing the reining and not really having a whole lot of other reining horse trainers in the Arab industry, mm -hmm. um, I have to reach out to those other guys and, um, mm -hmm. and that's fine. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's, it's good. And they have great advice. And, you know, I, like I said, I can take whatever and get help mm -hmm. and, and all that. But I think that's the hardest thing for me in the Arabs is there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of trainers that do the working mm -hmm. Western or the reigning. Um, so that, that's the only thing that's kind of difficult in our deal. Mm -hmm. On that note, is there a way that you've kind of evolved your program um, and how you teach to kind of encompass that? Um, you know, like I said, I've, I've had so, I've had so much education and had, had been able to ride with some great people. Bob Avila mm -hmm. comes and helps me once a week. And so I really try to take, you know, and, and everybody's individual, all the horses are individual and really treat them as, you know, individuals. And, and I can mm -hmm. tell you this, my assistant was riding the other day and Bob Avila is there helping with something. And and he was saying to him, my assistant was saying to him, um, you know, Crystal, let me go around for two months with this horse doing that. And he goes, yeah, but that's how you're going to learn. You learn, right. you, you weren't messing anything up. You were just mm -hmm. had to figure out that that wasn't going to work like that, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't ever let anybody fail, but I'll let you go and kind of um, maybe be in a position that it's, I don't think, but I'm like, Hey, try it your way. And mm -hmm. then let's see, because I think everybody has different feel, different timing. Um, you know, all, all, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think a lot of people don't realize that you really have to get uncomfortable to grow a lot of Absolutely. the time and without getting uncomfortable and kind of feeling that way, it doesn't, that doesn't really help you, you know, got to get outside your bubble. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of my favorite things, you know, like I've been able to ride with Andrea this week and, and, uh, you know, just so much information on timing and, you know, well, okay. And, and, and like when I said that this is what I'm feeling and he's like, okay, but I think, I think this is where it's coming from. And it's a great conversation, you know, and mm -hmm. I try to, I try to have conversations with my assistants, my, my non-pros even think to myself, okay, what are you really feeling mm -hmm. and not jump to conclusions, you know, on things. Cause I, I will say to them, well, okay, so if this is happening, we need, you know, this, this is where I think it's coming from, you know? And so mm -hmm. we try to, really be open and, and, um, discuss, discuss a little bit so that we can try to get to the meat of the problem. Right. That makes total sense. Um, kind of changing subjects a little bit. Um, I kind of wanted to talk to you about competing. Um, I know that harnessing nerves is, and mental preparation is a very large piece that goes into competing successfully. So 
is there are there any tips or tricks that you have um, as a competitor when you're ready to go in the ring how you kind of mentally prepare for that harness your energy and get ready to make a run you know there's a couple things one if you're not nervous you're not you're not a competitor I, I really mm. think you have to have some sort of like excitement some sort of I guess fire in your belly to make it you know to really want to be a competitor um mm -hmm. You know, I, I did the World Equestrian Games in 2007, and um, I will never forget trotting around in the warm-up thinking, why am I here? I cannot do this. I, th this was like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. And I remember jogging out there and, and they gave, you know, they did a script when you walked out or jogged out and talking about who you were. And of course I drew after Tim McQuay and they're talking about how amazing <laughs> he is. And then I Gosh. go walking out there and they're like, Oh, here's Crystal and she qualified by riding Arabians and oh, that's fine. You know, cool. Yeah. But they were done talking by the time I got to the first cone and I was so mortified. I remember just thinking, there's nothing to say. Like that guy had uh, two pages, nothing to say. And I got to the middle and I loped off and some little old guy just was like, you go girl. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go, you know, but it, it yeah. was, that was such a, we I, I totally understand your question as far as what, you know, and, and then I have to be careful because I will get too amped um, mm -hmm. and I have to tone that down. Um, mm -hmm. But I always, this one thing I always tell my amateurs, do not show harder than you practice. Know mm -hmm. your maneuvers. You know what? Know, your, know you can lead change. Know you can circle. Know you can steer. Know, you know, so we do a lot of, just a lot of maneuvering. We steer and guide and, you know, just, just stuff mm -hmm. that you don't even really think about that is really the stuff that comes apart. Mm-hmm when you're putting the pressure on, you know, because mm -hmm. your brain and your body doesn't work the same when you start getting, you know, but like, you know, I, I crave it. I love it. Like when I had the runoff mm -hmm. with Craig at the um, Scottsdale and they said, you want to run off? And I was like, yeah, I didn't even think about it. And, I, and then I thought, Oh my God, awesome. I just told Craig I'm running off. You know? And I was like, oh my well, gosh. okay. And you know, I'm warming up again and I'm watching him and I'm like, Oh, you know, this is probably not a good idea. And one of my friends just said to me, she goes, Crystal, you just do what you did. Don't do anything different. Just do what you did. You know, that horse will show yeah. for you. So, you know, you know, your stock, <clears throat> no, no, you know, and just have a plan. I think so many people go out there without a plan mm -hmm. and, you know, I just try to think, okay, I know I can circle really good and I've got a big stop. My turnaround's okay. So don't go out and try and be a plus half turn, just get turned and, right. you know, get where, where you're good. I think that's most, most people that try to show and show hard, we overshow mm -hmm. and overthink the maneuvers and then we, we mess it up and then you're, you're fighting, get out of the penalties. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. I mean, when you go in and you're going to do your run, that makes total sense to do what you know, you know, don't, if you don't, maybe your rollback's not there. Don't try and go super hard to get that plus on that maneuver. If you know that's right. going to be a zero. Well, yeah. I mean, I just, I, and I got that advice at Scottsdale from these guys and they're like, Hey, don't turn that horse like that. He's not, he, he can't turn like that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. But he can. He's like, yeah, but not consistent. So go and just mm -hmm. get your, you know, be your zero the one way and the plus mm -hmm. half the other way and walk away. And um, I think that's, that is, I think that wanting it and competitiveness can be maybe miscued a little bit. And they, mm -hmm. you know, and being competitive, we're all competitive. We would not do this if we didn't want to win. Um, mm -hmm. But you also can't just override. I mean, th that's in any discipline, you know. Mm -hmm. No, that makes over, sense. Over total sense. It. Because it's like you're, you're riding smart, you mm -hmm. know, not overriding, like you said that. Yeah. I really like that piece there. Um, yeah. And my, and probably my biggest problem is I, I will just get in the safe zone sometimes and just stay mm -hmm. in the safe zone. And that's why I go get help because I have to get out of that 
safe zone. That's what they always tell me. They're like, you're really good at getting in that safe zone and keeping things good. You mm-hmm. need to, you know, and so that's why I go get help because I need to be pushed because I've figured out my safe place, right? And so right. I just kind of can stay right there and move it around and do that. And then, so that's why, that's, that's really why I get help. It goes back to um, getting a little uncomfortable to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's nothing worse than you're thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just did that. <laughs> and then you have to just go, well, you know what? I probably won't do it again, you know, and, yeah. and we might do it again, but it's, it's just what it is. That's really cool. What's it, what's it like competing like on this, like on the stage of the world equestrian games c- compared to, you know, smaller shows? Is it any different? Is the, how's the atmosphere different? Do you prepare your horses any differently? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. I have, I, I have a hard time getting up for small shows. Not, not, I mean like schooling stuff. Like I just kind of, just kind of go through the motions. Now I prepare my horses, but you know, you just don't have the intensity. You're not, there's not the hype around it. There's not the, um, the mental game of just saying, okay, I got to prepare. I got to ride my mm-hmm. horse. I got to get ready tonight to ride tomorrow, you know, and, and it's just a different deal. You know, I, at those big events, uh, World of Crusher Games probably run for a million, which we haven't done yet. National Scottsdale, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're riding all hours of the night, all hours of the morning, trying to get ready to show, you know, some of the little shows mm-hmm. you're going to put your time in, but you're, it's not the intensity and you're schooling. So you're probably going to have slower runs with less difficulty. And unless mm-hmm. you're trying to show school and, and get something done to see where you are, Mm-hmm. Um, for the bigger events. But I think a lot of it is the atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to keep yourself in check. You know, that's, that is, that is one thing, um, you know, being at the the Derby one year, I made the finals in the highest the level four, and I mm-hmm. made it in the level three. So it was two different times I showed warming up with the lower level riders, which are more who I ride with. Um, very relaxed, very casual. I mean, we were all getting ready, but just very different that night though, those local mm-hmm. four guys, I mean, you could have cut it with a knife. It was intense, a whole different level. I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, Whoa, I am, <laughs> I'm in the, this is not, this is not, and I love it, but it's um, just a very, very different feeling. And that's, and I think, I think you get better by just doing it. You get in those events, mm-hmm. you make those finals, you, you, um, try to get better you you know I, I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing is just always pushing yourself and then those get more comfortable but I don't think you're ever really comfortable in those environments right maybe comfortable but you're you're gonna get jazzed I mean that's just it's exciting you yeah. you're gonna go show against all this so it's it's fun I imagine it's a really cool to be able to show with um you know other high caliber industry professionals like that it's a it's amazing and then you watch them and you you know, I love going to those shows and just watching and learning and, and seeing, you know, all the different things they do. The one thing is, you know, you don't go there and change your program. Done that. <laughs> that is not good. Um, but you stick to what you know. And you know what? It might not be right right then, but you can always manipulate and change your change your horses and change your program. Um, I think it, I think changing is growing, right? Like we said. Mm-hmm. So you do that, but watching those guys and the intensity and how they prepare and that that's really been great. And that's what I try to bring to my program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the bigger stages, national Scottsdale, that stuff. Cause, um, I like competition. So I want to raise the bar all the time. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. That's really cool for, for preparing your horses to be in a competitive environment. Um, what do you do to make sure you set your horses up for success? 
um, to really prepare them for the show ring? You know, I do a lot of one, a lot of riding, you know, we ride a lot of these young horses and stuff. Um, they know, they know all their maneuvers. I know I'm trying to make sure they're very secure in their maneuvers, whether it's lead changing, any of that stuff. Um, and then I take them with me, you know, if I go haul somewhere and ride, I take them, I'll take them to little horse shows and just ride them. Um, mm-hmm. and I really don't try to go in and show, excuse me, until, um, they're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they might not be like show ready to go mark a 72, but where they can at least do all the maneuvers and they're not worried about something. Cause I think if you go in not prepared and you happen to uh, push a button, they don't quite know and you scare them. I think you spend more time trying to fill that in just, just from uh, not having their confidence. So I, I do mm-hmm. a lot of slow, get them in the ring, paid warm-ups, that kind of stuff. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, we show hard and then go back and do paid warm-ups and just kind of put it back together. So it's not always uh, wide open. Gotcha. Do you take a lot of your um, Arabians, like your purebred Arabians, um, do you show them in a lot of NRHA events? I don't, you know, I, they have some futurity stuff that we do. Um, mm-hmm. I'll take some of the half Arabs and show, mm-hmm. uh, and we've gone to Vegas and take some of those purebreds and stuff, but that, it's just a different, it's really hard to compete mm-hmm. uh, with the physicality of the quarter horse with the, with the purebred Arab. Sometimes the half Arabs can be okay. Um, mm-hmm. and definitely physical enough. Um, but it's a little bit of a different, you know, it's a little bit of apples and oranges. You can go and compete sure. with them, but I think you put them in the right places like novice horse or mm-hmm. green rider, or, you know, just uh, same thing. And I, and that's what I always try to do. I always don't say, Oh, I'm riding an Arab. I'm like, I just place it in the position where it can be successful. So you just don't, you know, I just wouldn't go blowing out on a purebred at the, one of the major features probably. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that makes sense. Do you ever, have you had, um, it sounds like you have a lot of positive experiences with Arabians within NRHA events. Um, is everyone pretty accepting of the breed? You know, everybody's pretty good. I, I will, you know, that we've kind of with a, with the futurity we have at Scottsdale, um, and the money that's been put out, I think it, those that I think that, that there's an appreciation for it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I just, just in that futurity, I've almost won half a million dollars riding Arabian. So, you know, there's gotta be something said with, for that, you know, so I, I think mm-hmm. so. And, and the guys that have come and judged it and, and women that have come and judged it, I, I've never heard them ever say anything not positive about, I mean, they were actually mm-hmm. surprised by what it was because they just don't see them. Right. But you get to one of those other horses, nationals or Scottsdale, where you see a big group of them. They're like, wow, they're, they can do, they can do raining, you know, which is, mm-hmm. um, is definitely a nod in the Arabian horse deal, but no, you know what? I never take it as a, they can't do it. This is that. Mm-hmm. I just said, you know what? You place them where they can be successful. Then that's positive for everybody. That's positive for me. It's positive for the horses, positive, you know, for everybody. Mm-hmm. I like that placing them where they're successful. Cause I think, I think that can go with um, every horse, you know, Absolutely. Set it, setting them up for success is important. Yeah. And it, and it's good for you too, because if you are always trying to, you know, put a square peg in a round hole, pretty soon you're going to quit because it's just like, I can't make this happen. You know, it's, it's not working. Mm-hmm. It's not working. And then pretty soon it's like, well, throw your hands up. But you know, like for the run for a million, I have a half, half Arabian entered. Um, and I don't know if he's, um, I don't know if he's enough horse mm-hmm. for what they're going to be riding, but you know what? I, um, really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Be a great representation for a breed. Um, I know him really, really well. Um, and 
I think it'll be really fun. You know, I, I, Mm -hmm. like I said, I don't know if I can get qualified, but we're going to sure try. That's so cool. I I really like what you said about, I really like the piece that you said about placing them where they're going to be successful because that just shows that you really know your horses and you're honoring your horses in that, in that regard. And I think that's really, really cool. I want to see them be successful. (laughs) Yeah. And that's important. And I also think it's really cool because um, when you enter them in NRHA events where it's, you know, mostly stock breeds and quarter horses, you're, you know, giving some more exposure to the Arabian breed and, you know, really um, showing their diversity and that they can do, they can do any discipline. Well, no, that's what's great about, that's really what's great about our breed is they can do a lot of things and the great, Mm -hmm. the great, great athletes, whether they do reigning, Western hunter, whatever, they're great animals, you know, and that's what Mm -hmm. I try to, when I go to those big events, I, I take the, the great athletes so that they're like, Whoa, that's, I can't believe that's a purebred. Oh no, that's, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's, and it's not for me, it's for the breed and the, you know, to, to, to -hmm. look good. Could you talk a little bit about a little bit more about run for the million, how you decided, why you decided to do it and um, what you're excited about with run for the million? Well, so I watched it last year and, um, you know, I told you I, I did the World Equestrian Games and I was the alternate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been to the majors and, and, you know, I've done nothing like a lot of those guys have done, but I love competition. I do. I just, I think it's so fun and it's only going to make me better. And um, so I just kind of, I watched it last year and talking to someone and they're like, why don't you try to do it? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I have a horse. And and then I was like, you know what? I have this horse, um, mm-hmm. Custom Gale, that Joe Benton owns. And mm-hmm. I asked him, I said, what would you think? And he goes, what do you think he's enough horse? And I said, I don't know, but I think it would be a great um, experience. Um, so with the COVID, you know, we've lost our qualifiers and done that mm-hmm. stuff. So we've been preparing and preparing and preparing. Um, so now the qualifier is going to be in Vegas the Thursday before the run for a million. So we'd have mm-hmm. to qualify Thursday and then show again on Saturday. So oh, wow. it's going to be a little bit tough. And I, like I said, he is a great animal. Um, just a, just a unbelievable animal. And mm-hmm. I know him so well, and I think he will give me 110%. So, you know, I, I don't know if I can get qualified, but I'm going to try. That's awesome. That's I'm going to be there. Cool. I'm going to show up. <laughs> that is awesome. I love yeah. it. Well, we're definitely rooting for you for sure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So I wanted to ask you um, another question about um, maybe somebody that is looking to break into the industry specifically with a working Western discipline. Do you have any advice for um, someone that is kind of is an aspiring industry professional? You know, what I always tell people is go work for somebody um, that you like their program. Um, You like you, you, you like their program, you like the way the horses are, um, you like their amateur, you know, the whole thing and what you want to be. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, what do you want to be mm-hmm. in, in the horse industry? Do you want to be a coach? Do you want to be a two-year-old person? Do you want to be, you know, do you want to specialize in young horses? Do you want to do non-pros? What do you want to do? Um, so that's the biggest thing is go, go work for somebody that you or, or stall with them or go get help from them if you don't want to work for them and just really take it in, you know, be a sponge mm-hmm. and learn because even if you learn something you don't like, then, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that in my program. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is hard <laughs> and there's a lot of lumps and bumps along the way, but if you just stick to it and, and believe in you and your program, then you'll be fine. But it's just, mm-hmm. 
you know, take it one step at a time and don't be discouraged and just keep, keep doing it, keep getting help, keep getting better, keep showing up. That's the Mm -hmm. only way you can do this. That's a really good piece of advice. I feel like I thought for a little bit that I was going to be a horse trainer when I was in school and college. And uh, it's a hard gig. It's uh, you got to be very passionate about it. So I hard, it's a hard gig and then be a woman and do it. And it's a definitely a, um, it's a different, it's a different thing, you know, because you, Mm -hmm. you're always like, I always feel like I'm fighting for the respect. Mm -hmm. Um, and not that I'm not a good horse trainer, but I'm fighting for the respect of, Hey, I can do this. I can do this, you know? So, um, I think even after 20 something years of doing this or, you know, just, you still are like, you know, I got, I, I just feel like I'm always trying to prove myself and that, that is hard and it's hard to Mm -hmm. keep positive when that's how you're, um, feeling sometimes. Yeah, I can imagine um, because there are amazing women in this industry that are fantastic horse trainers and feel like that's kind of been um, a hard fight to get the, the recognition. You it's know. really, it's a different, it's a different game. And, you know, I think um, it's women in every discipline, every breed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole, that's a whole different, you know, um, ball of wax, I should say, you know, yeah. but it's, um but there's some great, I mean, there are some great women horse trainers. And, mm-hmm. and I always tell girls when they ride with me, I'm like, tell me 10 women that are really successful before you think you're going to be a horse trainer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's hard to come up with that, that aren't, you know, with somebody else or, you know, that are mm-hmm. on their own doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, this is a hard gig. So yeah, just make sure you're passionate about the horses, passionate about what you're doing and, and mm-hmm. grow some t- tough skin because yeah. it's not, it's tough. Has that, um, just being a, a woman in a, in the horse industry and being a woman as a professional trainer, has that shaped your program at all? Or do you do things differently or do you, um, you know, tell your amateurs or your non-pros that maybe are looking to, um, you know, be trainers, like you said, do you, do you give them specific pieces of advice or anything like that? You know, I just, I just tell them try it, (laughs) try it and, (laughs) and, and be committed to it for, you know, 60 days and see, you -hmm. know, because there's days you ride and that horse doesn't change and it doesn't change and doesn't Mm -hmm. change and it doesn't change. And then you come back three weeks later and now it knows something, but you have to stick with it. You have to, you know, continue doing it the same way for three or four days, you know, don't just change because it's not working and just keep giving it solid advice. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one thing I have to do with myself is I, I will get um, pretty low after a horse show. Cause that's your high. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to um, find something that like sparks me again. And it's not that I don't want to come back. I just, uh, then you start over again to go to another mm-hmm. show. So um, I think make sure you find something. I don't have a lot of outlets except for this. Mm-hmm. So when I go ride with people, that's my, that's kind of my drug, I should say, you know, that, that mm-hmm. gets me really excited to learn something new and then have mm-hmm. more to pass on to people. So I kind of have to always do that. I have to keep myself, um, going or I right. just, am like, Oh my God, it's just the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that makes a lot of sense. Now that I think about it, you know, if your your job is your passion in a lot of ways, finding another outlet, um, to kind of relax could be challenging at times. Yeah. And, and you have to be able to kind of balance this. That's the other thing mm-hmm. is it can get all consuming. Um, but I think, you know, you practice hard at home, 
it, it shows off when you get to the horse show, you know, and I think there's a little mm-hmm. bit of misconception of people, they ride at home, but then really get crazy at the horse show schooling. And I think that should be just a place you're presenting what you've worked on. <laughs> at yeah. home. So um, that's probably my one thing I'm very, I, I try to stand by that. Now, sometimes things fall apart and you're working on things, but I, mm-hmm. I try to do all my work at home. I like that piece of advice um, because if you prepare hard at home and you prepare like you're going to show at home, I feel like you're going to have a lot more success and be a little less anxious and be able to kind of envelop and harness those nerves a little bit more so you can compete more effectively. Yeah. And then you, you know, you, you have a positive experience with it, you mm-hmm. and your horse. And, and, you know, and I always tell my amateurs, I'm like, just cause you had a run that everything didn't come together look at these three pieces that were great, you know, that we've been working mm-hmm. on. And um, that's, that's just something that I try to always find a positive in everything I do because mm-hmm. you could get really discouraged <laughs> with this. Yeah. I'm sure it's really hard not to be overly nitpicky. You know, like I, I do that too. Like I try and tell myself I need to find three things that are positive and then one thing that I can improve on, you know, I'm sure it can be challenging at times not to just, just nitpick everything, you know? Yeah. And you just, you can't get frustrated. You know, for me, what I do is I try to take that horse that day and I'm like, okay, today I, I really want to work on this turn. I just don't, don't, I just need to work on the step mm-hmm. and I just try not to overdo it. And I try not to do like a young horse I'm teaching. I, I try not to do so much that they don't understand. And then we're both frustrated because they can't do any of it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I try to be very um, positive that way. And then it's good for me because if you're failing all the time, you're just like, I'm done. <laughs> I, right. I, can't, I can't do this. So um, it's yeah. just always trying to put those pieces together. Yeah, that makes total sense. So how do you, um, when you have a young horse, and this kind of relates back to what we talked about with frustration, but how do you as the trainer set yourself up for success when you're going to work with a young horse? How do you manage your emotions? Um, I'm, I'm really calm. <laughs> That's one thing I'm really calm. So I always think if a horse has a bad day, um, it's like people, sometimes we have bad days. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, then I, I always go back and go, okay, did I not teach it the steps to get here? Um, or if I'm having a bad day, I'll get off tied up for a little bit, come do it again. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I was taught long, long time ago. Um, you know, when you're, when you're starting to, um, get upset, get off because Mm -hmm. you're, you're doing nothing but teaching that horse to fight and get, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's days you're going to have arguments. That's just training horses Mm -hmm. and animals. Um, but you have to, you know, think about, okay, am I getting really upset because, you know, and just start thinking about the steps that you've got there. And so I'm, I'm pretty good about that. And I'll, and I'll just slow down and do it again, you know, and it might not be that day. I might have Mm -hmm. to get off and go, okay, I'm done today because I feel like I can't do anything, but, um, just don't question yourself and keep doing it and they, they'll, they'll get it, but it's just really keeping yourself just mm-hmm. calm, yeah. contained, have a plan. That makes sense. Having a plan is helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I could definitely talk to you for a much longer amount of time <laughs> about, um, about reigning and Arabians and your experiences as, as a trainer. I think um, you have some great advice and some great insight. Um, but I did want to give you the opportunity before we conclude to provide any closing thoughts that maybe um, you didn't get to speak on um, during the length of our podcast. You know, one thing, um, 
one thing that I've had said to me before I go to show is, uh, do you have a plan? And I was like, yes, I have a plan. I'm going to go show, you know, but I have mm -hmm. always, like I said earlier, I've always tried to set myself up for a positive experience. You know, I don't want the horse to get rattled. I don't want me to get rattled. I don't want amateurs to get rattled. I want everybody to, to feel like they can go in there and do it and execute. Um, biggest thing, you have to believe in you. You have to believe in the horse you're on and uh, then you're a team. And mm -hmm. I think that is, and, and, you know, one thing I have learned is make that horse your partner and they will go through fire for you. Mm -hmm. that is, that's a really good piece of advice. <laughs> I'm a yeah, sucker I mean, for like believing in yourself and believing in your cause because I really think that takes you a long way. Well, and if you really knew me, I'm not a very um, secure person. I'm mm -hmm. secure with the horses and stuff, but I question mm -hmm. myself like every day, every day, every day. And like I said, when I get the opportunity to ride with Andrea, I'm like a little kid. I'm so geeked out. I can't wait to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you get positive feedback, it's, it, you know, and also surround yourself with people that are positive and, and, and believe in you and your circle's good because this is a industry um, the horse industry in general can get you down. It's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, we're high when we're high and we're low when we're low. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're only as good as your last win and, mm -hmm. um, doesn't matter how many horses you've trained, people remember that win or that loss, you know? And so that's mm -hmm. a hard, that's a hard balance, but, you know, definitely, mm -hmm. um, surround yourself with your people, you know, and if people, mm -hmm. if you get help from somebody and it's positive for you, keep doing it. Um, keep good amateurs around you keep good you know just that's mm -hmm. that's a very good thing and you don't always need to be picked up you also need to be knocked down sometimes mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um it's for the good of it you know but you don't ever don't ever put yourself in a situation where every day you're second guessing yourself because then you're never going to get your program or you off the ground really mm -hmm. um that is a really good piece of advice all of that enveloped into one um yeah it's hard it's hard it's hard to yeah. kind of get yourself there and it's really hard when you're young a little easier when you're older but it's mm -hmm. um you know definitely and and believe in what you're doing and if mm -hmm. reading is what you want to do do it you know and like mm -hmm. I said get get to the best place for you mm -hmm. um to get the education and and what you mm -hmm. want and there you go mm -hmm. I have a lot of respect for um trainers and exhibitors because every time you go and show and there's a crowd and there's people you're putting yourself out there it's a big deal you know you're putting yourself out there and you're opening yourself up for criticism if so and um oh. that's a big deal there's nothing worse than you know like for me running in the arena and my horse doesn't stop and there's mm -hmm. all the crowd around and you're just like oh yeah. But then, you know what? It happens to everybody. And that's the one thing you've got to remember, you know, it has happened to everybody and you know, you might get lucky and go two years and not have a weirdo thing happen when you're showing, mm -hmm. but then it could happen three times in one year and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. You know? <laughs> like, are you serious? Um, yeah. And, and most people, you know what? Everybody's had it happen. So we mm -hmm. look out and like what I do when I see it, I'm like, Oh gosh, they're normal they right. have normal things happen, you know, and mm -hmm. we don't wish it on anybody. But when you do see that, you're like, Oh, well, look at them. That's normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone yeah. has a bad day. Everyone has a bad run. Everyone has that moment where they mm -hmm. really wish it could be better. It's yeah. Just, and it really sucks when there's a yeah, it really sucks when there's a lot of money up or you know, a big <laughs> a big title. But you know what, you're trying, you're trying hard. Sometimes mm -hmm. things don't work out. Maybe that horse got tired, or maybe it got worried. And maybe you're tired mm -hmm. or you know, so many things come to play and, and you know what, mm -hmm. sometimes you can prepare as everything you dotted, every I and crossed every T and it still didn't work. So yeah, just gotta, you just gotta dust yourself off and 
do it again. <laughs> Before we conclude, I do have a game. Um, okay. It's called This or That. So I'll just ask you a question, and then you say you either like one or the other. So okay. the first question is music or podcasts? Music. Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sliding stop or rollback? Stop. I can imagine there's nothing more thrilling than just doing a rundown and just having that huge stop at the end. It's gotta be really yeah, cool. it's, a, it's a, like a feeling you can't. And rollbacks are a little bit of my nemesis. So I work on a lot. <laughs> I do a lot yeah. of them, but <laughs> they're, that's how that's so known. Those are not in my top. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Me too. Um, do you prefer riding in the arena, indoor or outdoor, and or outside on a trail ride? I do not trail ride. I am an arena person. <laughs> arena person? Uh-huh. I, I, almost, I almost get myself killed every time I trail ride, so I don't. My All my help likes to do it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Sometimes you just really want to stay in the arena. I yeah, no, I, I can't. I, I tried to ride my three-year-old out a bunch. And the last couple of times he tried to buck me off and I was like, we're done. I'm not going out anymore. <laughs> just like, I'm staying in the arena. I said, that's a sign. I shouldn't be out here. <laughs> hilarious. Okay. Cake or pie? Cake. I hear you there. Polo wraps or splint boots? Either. Depends on the, depends on, um, I will use splint boots to show. I don't use them all the time at home because we get scratches so bad here in the desert. So more polos. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. I didn't even realize that. Um, okay. Oceans or mountains? Mm, probably ocean. Okay. I don't like cold weather. So. Yeah. Me neither. I can't do that. Can't <laughs> <Fine>. do that. <laughs> You're in a perfect spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And last question. Early riser or night owl? Well, early right now because of the heat so we're up early i'm more of a night person uh it, it depends depends on where i am what i'm doing i can kind of do it both ways but i do require a lot of sleep that is one thing i do require mm-hmm. sleep is very important i'm with yep. you there <laughs> yeah and if i'm having a bad day at a horse show um i have to i try to get a nap before i show in a big class because i just mm-hmm. i think i have a much clearer head and um mm-hmm. if i'm clear i can show if i'm not mm-hmm. clear might as well just go to dinner or something. Forget it, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here. It's not good. So. <laughs> I hear ya. Thank you for playing our game. <laughs> that was fun. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, and thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I was really excited about this episode. I have been really excited about this episode. <laughs> no, thank, thank you, you so much. And I hope it, I hope it helps and I hope people enjoy it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arabian Horse Connection, the official podcast of the Arabian Horse Association, where we showcase the diversity of the Arabian horse community from industry titans, backyard heroes, and amateur contenders. Do you think you might have content for the Arabian Horse Connection podcast? We would love to hear from you. Please send your suggestions to marketing at arabianhorses.org. We'll see you next time, folks.